0: Good evening, South Africans. The long-awaited economic recovery plan from the president was finally presented earlier this afternoon in Parliament. Your thoughts on that are most welcome. I am very certain that each and every South African has a claim to that. In many respects, it did present itself like a state-of-the-nation address, albeit with a very strong slant towards the economy. That being a sonar coupled up with a budget in terms of what's going to be happening in South Africa in relation to her finances. My guests this evening are, of course, no strangers to the conversation themselves, Dr. Ndabiseng Moligo, as well as Ms. Namlamnig. Ladies, thank you so much then for your time. Ms. Namlamnig, let me start off with your preliminary thoughts in what the president would have said in relation to the economy and her recovery.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me um, live and greetings to the Viewpoint family as well. So as you say, it's been um, long awaited. My simple vantage point here is from a people's perspective. Is this going to usher in? a people's economy there are some really good things that the president spoke about today and i'd w- i'd wanna zoom in in our conversation on the issue of localization employment creation activation of a manufacturing sector within south africa but i think at the bottom of all of that you know of the promises and the targets every south african is going to be asking the question who's going to implement it given our track record in terms of failing to implement the things that we've committed to. And I think that we can start teasing out that at the moment and start saying, what can we do as South African citizens to make sure that these targets and these commitments are actually met by our government so that eventually we can usher in a people's economy?
0: That's an important point you raise. This is not because, of course, the question is who is going to implement all of this? Who is going to be spending all this money that the president is talking about? We know what has happened to some of the monies that were set aside for COVID. We generally know what our government does in relation to public financing. So perhaps might you venture an opinion on that? Does the state have the inherent and necessary capacity to win the public over, not because they are saying they were going to be doing all of these things, but because they, in fact, have? First, the political will and the skill and capacity to implement. South Africans are good on paper, they are good in speech, but very seldom are we ever confident in a government that implements what it says it's going to. Dr. Ntabi saying.
2: Uh, thank you so much for having me and good evening to the listeners and um, our fellow panelists. I think that um, the issue of the state capacity he did try to address uh, as one of the five key, um, I think, priorities, if I can call it that, is, um, He said uh, building state capacity and dealing really with craft. Uh, What you would have wanted to see to have decisive action on implementation of whatever plan you have is a restructuring that is necessary of the state and how the state machinery is going to actually work. Uh, From the presidential recovery plan, There's no real shift. I I didn't didn't hear any shift in terms of this is how uh, collaboration will be improved, uh, the building of institutional relationships so that you can uh, increase your efficacy and also multiply uh, the fiscus and the use of the fiscus, particularly within the state and the programs of the state using public procurement. I don't think that uh, there's going to necessarily be any uh, direct change in how the state functions unless you deal deliberately uh, with the partnerships and relationships of the state, and even how the state works with communities and how that is understood at a community level, local government level, and also at a district national level. I think that uh, should... If we want to change our outcomes in terms of execution, um, the arm of the state is obviously where you need to have more efficacy, uh, more enforcement, and also, I think, more oversight in terms of monitoring the impact of all these interventions. There's very little effort in terms of showing us from quarter to quarter or presidential plan to medium-term budget policy statement to supplementary review, how far the implementation of what was promised previously has come. We don't hear anything about that. And that talks to the very weak M&E mechanisms that are in place in our planning process. So when you plan, you have to put in place. You don't have a very strong planning process. And I think this is why, in the main, you have repeated promises, very little efficacy in terms of monitoring and evaluating what the economic outcomes were from the previous Announcement, and then how far have we come? The new infrastructure 100 billion is being repeated. System, we hear it all the time. Is it the same 100 billion that was re- released two years ago? In the investment summit, we heard that there would be a 100 billion investment drive in terms of uh, foreign direct investment. How far have we come from that? It's like every time there's new announcements. No one is telling us how far we came from the previous announcement. And I think it's very imperative that if the state is really going to uh, really show us how far the outcomes have been, instead of in- announcing the new ones, also tell us the, the effect and the outcomes in terms of measurable indicators of all the other previous uh, initiatives that have been promised.
0: I'll ask that you reply within a minute, please, because I am interested then in what your thoughts are going to be when Pres- I mean, Minister Mbawena tables his midterm budget speech in a couple of weeks from now. What might your thoughts be on that in relation to how he's going to respond to the ambitions of the president?
2: I think what we need to look at right now is that the president has announced an average 3% growth rate in the next 10 years. Uh, he's also announced a, a relief of 800,000 jobs also in the next three years. The problem we have is that the target in the national development plan is six percent in order not only to deal with previously unemployment was under ten million but we 're sitting now with two point two million job losses in the last quarter alone <laughs> and also we 're sitting with um, a problem of net if you measure two million versus eight hundred thousand in three years in one quarter we lose two point two net we are losing more jobs than we are able to create quite clearly, the three percent average growth rate isn 't adequate in terms of responding to the kind of structural constraints and the low growth trap that South Africa has currently. And I think the minister of finance has told us previously that they are implementing a circus in the medium term expenditure framework. We know that they mm. want positive budget balance. This means that there's austerity that is being implemented right now. Inf- investment in infrastructure, that is now the key in terms of all the pillars that the president has, has outlined in an austerity context means that they're actually disinvesting overall as a percentage of GDP. They can name the numbers, but in terms of quantum, as a percentage of GDP, public investment overall in the last few years has gone down. And with austerity, it will continue to trickle down. And um, it's, it's, All right. it's, it's confusing because it's not necessarily, therefore, going to have growth gains. In fact, it's going to cause a low growth um, and further in, increase the recovery period and extend it in terms of uh, South Africa's economic recovery.
0: Let's wait for the South Africans and their thoughts. Oh, 891 one, oh, we are taking an ad break now because it's 20 past. My guests this evening, Dr. Tabisem Muleko, as well as Ms. Namlam Niki, who are commenting on the President's economic recovery plan, as was earlier today tabled before Parliament. It's always going to be a waiting game from now, and perhaps your thoughts are as important as the news is hot, and which is more important, or... Oh. Very, very interesting in terms of how it's going to pan itself out. Three month extension for the social grants for those who are unemployed. Your thoughts and more after the break. This is the SAFM viewpoint with Songes on my bed. SAFM
3: leading the conversation. Call Songes on now.
0: 0891 104 207. Yeah, we're back. We're on the line. Sakila, first call calling us from Durban. No stranger to the airwaves. Sakila, good evening.
4: Um, and your guest the, I think what we, what we had today is something that we have had before it 's not something new I mean building uh, the industri- the domestic industrial uh, manufacturing capacity you know the youth and, the employment the jobs that are being promised, and also that hundred billion for infrastructure it has been repeated for two years now. you remember it started in two thousand and eighteen and we were put. <laughs> Yeah, it has been a repetition of things that we have had before. I don't know how they're going to be executed now, what is different now. But uh, the positive would be um the grants extension, but there is a problem with access as well as you we speak. Some people are not accessing their grants. They're struggling to access them. And then and then and then and then yeah, I mean what you expect from Titombo Wini would be to focus on the debt crisis, on the debt crisis on the horizon, which I doubt uh, he has a solution uh, uh, over it. So, maybe I think maybe, just maybe to sound radical enough and say, okay, maybe the reforms that we need, maybe it's an election, I don't know. We have had that one last, last year, so I don't know. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you so much, Sakila, calling us in Durban. Let's go to Cape Town now. Colin is on the line to contribute in relation to his thoughts on the economic recovery plan of the President tabled before Parliament earlier today. For those who want to participate, please do 0891-104-207. Colin?
5: Good evening. Mm, thank you. you know, um, as your caller, just put the phone down now. We've heard it two, three years ago. Uh, it seems to be... Um, a repeat of of all the speeches. Now, um, I've listened to most of the... Uh, of, well, actually, the whole hour and a half or whatever it was. Um, the coronavirus was the first subject. What we did, what we achieved, which I never expected to even talk about. That's the World Health Organization, people. What I was very interested in is what is he going to do and his government is going to do to create jobs, cut down crime and all things like that. Then later on he he spoke about agriculture. Agriculture, he spoke about agriculture that is vital. It's vital. It made a a sort of um, uh, uh, towards the economy. It made a substantial amount of growth. But he never mentioned anything. Agriculture is an asset. So what do you do? You look after your assets. So the farm killings and things like that and, and, and our crime rate, stock theft and all that stuff, he never mentioned that. And I said to myself... You just spoke about agriculture, which is very important, but you never spoke about the people that cultivate agriculture, the farmers or the farm workers or nothing like that. So, I think uh, it's just a bit of talk. You know what I mean? But the same as two years ago. He spoke about we're going to build a city with a bullet train that goes from Joburg to Cape Town, Within four hours, a bullet train. No, nothing like Atlas Bench. Oh, it's uh, a I don't know. It's a waste of time even listening
3: to this. Well, we've got you loud and clear. We do have our guests can who are going can to I, be responding can to I, your yes, thoughts, Colin. Uh, thank you very much, Colin. I have to move on. Let's go to Durban with
2: Anonymous. Anonymous, good evening. Good evening, you, Sangazo and your guest. And the uh, uh, South Africans are crying. Uh, stating that, you know what, implementation, implementation, implementation is most vital. Not a talk shop, right, which they all hear every year. They want to see it in action, right? And um, when they say jobs, make jobs, 1,000 people, 800 people, they must make sure they start from today. Don't wait for tomorrow, Able to make jobs for people and my, my point is uh, the president talked about uh, non-political interference in the in the justice system I hope the president should, should have talked about non-political interference with the accounts department also in the in the municipalities let the accountants Fantastic. and the auditors do their work thank you
3: Excellent. I want to divide... Oh, goodness, we've got some support here. Banele in Bumalanga. good evening. I've not come across the name Banele before. Good evening, Bale- Banele. Are you a first-time caller?
0: Yes, Banele. Thank
3: you so much for calling. Thank you so much for calling.
0: I unfortunately... You can try English,
3: Sure. Carry on. Banele, are you still there? It appears as though Banele is not there, but I thought his point represents many South Africans' thoughts. We are sick and tired of leaders who just speak too much. So, Snubler, let me come back to you. What are your comments in relation to the extension of the social grants for an extended period? Now, ultimately, for this financial year, it will effectively be nine months where South Africans who ordinarily wouldn't qualify for a social grant being getting a social grant. What do you think is the kind of impact that that would have made for the ordinary lives of those recipients?
1: Well, I mean, we know that we are all um, in the trolls of recovering from COVID-19 and its impact, right? And so while we've had manageable um, health impact, but the economic impact has been much larger. And I think that even though when you look at the grant size and isolation, you can say it's a small amount, 350. But just evaluating the number of people who applied for it and have benefited from it, Um, we can say that we are privileged as this country to be in a position where we can actually provide that kind of social security safety net. Most African countries have not been able to do that. And so the extension was necessary because if you are seeing the bleed from jobs that we are continuing to see, over 2 million, that's where we're sitting at the moment, of jobs that have been lost. I think that it was absolutely necessary. I think a bigger problem or challenge is what happens at the end of this period because the president was quite clear that it's not going to be able to extend beyond um, the December extension that we have been given just simply because the fiscal is not able to do that. And so the the discussion we are having right now around Mm. what can we do to significantly transform our economy so that it creates the kinds of jobs that are necessary, Mm. I think that's an incredibly important um, conversation. And for me, the crux of it is around the productivity of our economy. A lot of the times when we are talking about economic productivity, we think that that's the role of big business. And yet it's um, proven the world over that actually most economic productivity comes from the SME sector. It comes from small manufacturers. And so when the president begins to talk about the South African manufacturing sector um, and, and, and investing in that space, the big question I have, and this is a pushback, um, i I hope you're going to allow me to do this, that a lot of the professionals, that even Go the people it. who are calling now, they are saying we've heard the same story from the president and from government. And yet every single conversation we have as the public, as the South African public, is exactly the same conversation we've been having for the last 10 years. And my pushback is to the professional sector to say, what opportunities are you identifying in what was announced today? And what are you going to do about them? One of the things we had about the conversation today was there are are sectoral master plans. There are sectors that have been identified, textiles, hospitality, tourism, agribusiness, etc., where opportunities are going to be created and investment is going to be directed. What I would expect from the black professional sector particularly is to say, you know what, we need supply chain consortiums that are going to be operating within textiles. How do we as a black professional sector come together to leverage this opportunity so that by the end of five years there's there's textile industry in South Africa? It's not the president's job to do that. The president's job is to create the opportunity in the environment. We create the demand we hold government to a particular standard and we say we are taking the opportunities and we are holding you accountable for those opportunities. But if we don't do that, if we don't get organized and get smart and get ambitious and hungry and push mm. around some of these opportunities, when he says infrastructure and over a hundred billion investment, the question so- is. Where are the South Africans that can take up those opportunities and form the kinds of consortia that would allow them to actually take up those opportunities so that we're not having the same conversation in five years that said the president said this and that and that. But what did we do with the opportunities that were presented to us?
3: I'll leave you there for now. Thank you so much for your thoughts, Ms. Nam development economist and CEO of KB Inc. Of course, she's also an advisor to the presidency on gender-responsive economy. We've had her on the show before. She's here on the show tonight. You can be very sure this is not her last contribution on the viewpoint. As we wrap up then this segment, Dr. Ndabi Singh, your thoughts in relation to the caller when Colin in Cape Town spoke about the president's omission on agriculture, the entire sector, and the conversations that are currently taking place around agriculture. Not least what we expect to see tomorrow, the world will be watching how essentially the Afrikaans community led by AFRI Forum, together with the EFF meeting outside the courthouse in Senegal. All of it is dedicated around the pressures that South Africans are feeling, in this case, the agricultural sector. Your thoughts on that? Uh,
2: Thank you so much, uh, just for that input, I think, To start with uh, the issue of how we're going to stimulate the economy, um, I do believe that uh, the omission we have in our planning in terms of economic recovery plan is that we are failing to accept that the outcomes of previous economic plans and policies have not yielded the outcomes that we need in this country. So the outcomes of 10.8 million people are not working. Before COVID, we have outcome of 50 million, 30 million people, 50% uh, poverty rate, 50, 30.4 million people in poverty. This is the outcomes before COVID. Uh, we also have inequality worse in the world. This is before COVID. Now, what COVID has simply done is have what they call economic shock, which is worsening uh, the effects. So household wages, aggregate demand from consumption and businesses, supply shocks, you know, you can't trade, ships couldn't move. All of those things are economic shocks to the system, lowering already your level of output, as we saw in the last quarter with the contraction of uh, 51.1% in terms of economic output. Now, what has the president proposed in line with this in terms of the structural reform that is necessary to respond to? He has said he's going to create 800,000 jobs. We're sitting within 1 to 2.2 million people with no jobs. Uh, there's no real restructuring of the economic outcomes from uh, sectors that would deal with unemployment, yeah, and I believe so that one of those sectors, like, yeah. as Colin has mentioned, is the issue of agriculture and manufacturing. These two subsectors are able to be labour-absorptive. They also add what we call um, they fast-track your accelerate your ability to grow or your GDP growth rate because of issues of Productivity and the multiply effect, and also they're able to have low scale manufacturing across various subsectors and clusters. What we haven't spoken about, and I know Nampler is speaking about clustering and taking advantage of opportunities, the problem in many of our subsectors is what we call uh, oligopolies. Farmers are also struggling because of oligopolies. Let me break that down. The retail chains we have three retail chains that control 82% of our share of of the share of the retail market. That means that if you are going to sell anything to spa, pick and pay, or shop right, literally they control the price at which that good can be bought. This includes farmers. The value chain is controlled by them. How they pay you is controlled by them. When they pay you, the terms to pay you, the certification required, all these things are constraints and hindrances, or entries or what we call barriers to entry for any SMME. And it's the state that needs to deal with that to allow for entrance, to allow for economic activity, to allow for localization. Until we deal with the structure of the South African economy, we won't be able to see the kind of kick-starting of growth that we need. I think the second point that you've asked is also about final agriculture. Final please. Is there a mm, need or an comments. emphasis for agriculture that is needed? Absolutely. One of the things that we wrote in an economic recovery plan that was released yesterday, it's called New Wine into New Wine Skins, is that... We need to bolster aggressively both agricultural productivity, which has reduced in terms of its, its um, what we call uh, contribution to GDP, and also the employment contribution coming from agriculture for the last 50 years has waned in South Africa. It's depressed. Even industry. We are deindustrializing across the nine subsectors in terms of industry. We cannot have that if we want to deal with unemployment and growth. Most countries that grow are are driving their six to eight percent growth on Africa, in Africa. By the way, Ghana. We are seeing Ethiopia. We are seeing Rwanda. All the fast-growing East African economies now, 2017, 2016, 2018, are these countries are growing at six to eight percent. South Africa in the next ten years is targeting three average three percent growth. This is unheard of. Where you're dealing with a 10 million. Dr. who I'm to have to ask you to leave it because So Colin and Banele, spot on. We talk too much. We need to change the way in which we implement and revise the, 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 the programmatic focus. And I believe that uh, your callers are speaking um, the correct thing.
3: Thank you so much then, Doc. Appreciate your time. Development economist at University of Stellenbosch Business School, Dr. Ntabi Seng Moleko. After the break, another no stranger to the show, Justice Albi former constitutional court justice, in discussion with him, A Quest for Justice, The Memoirs of Albi